0: while supplies last. Visit plantstrong.com today. Welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Rip Esselstyn. We took a little breather last week because we were still recovering and reeling from the overwhelming success of our first ever virtual plant stock weekend with over 4,000 uh, people tuning in and committing to improving their health and the health of their families. We truly couldn't be more thrilled with how the weekend went, and behalf of my entire family, thank you, and I think you'll all agree, even though we couldn't be together in person this year, our global community felt stronger and more connected than ever. Now, I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it: real men eat plants. If you recall, I I said that when I was climbing the fire pole with just my with just my arms, uh, with my legs in a uh, in a L shape, um, in forks over knives, and with the f- smashing success of the Game Changers documentary, we've proved that it is possible, actually, you know what? No, make that optimal to build muscle on a plant-based diet. If you still have to see it to believe it, then you'll want to feast your eyes and ears on today's guest. It is none other than Nimai Delgado, professional bodybuilder who, get this, has never eaten meat his entire life. That's right. Nimai was raised vegetarian since birth, and in 2015, while in peak training for bodybuilding competitions, went all in and became 100% plant-strong, and guess what? He's been out-muscling his competition ever since. What started as Nimai's personal mission to stay fit and healthy has quickly morphed into a career and a powerful myth-busting fitness and nutrition platform of spreading the benefits and possibilities of a plant-based lifestyle. I hope you enjoy this conversation with a true game-changer and hero, Nimai Delgado. With the end of summer drawing near, it's natural to head back into the kitchen and to seek comfort foods that remind us of fall, and the hopeful return to schedules and routines. We love hearing all the great feedback from folks who use our PlantStrong Meal Planner to stay inspired and satisfied while on the PlantStrong journey. Did you know that you can search by ingredient to find recipes to help you use up what you have on hand? And with the click of a mouse, you can scale any meal to make enough leftovers so you can cook once and enjoy twice. We love providing solutions to make plant-strong living easier. Join the meal planner today. It's just a buck 90 a week when you sign up for a year. Visit plantstrong.com today and click on meal planner. Okay, here we are. Season 2 of the Plant Strong podcast. Um, I am here with Nimai Delgado. I pronounce that correctly, perfectly. perfectly. And, um, the theme for season two is the heart of a hero. Um, obviously with you, you have more than the heart of a hero. You have the biceps of a hero. You have the abs <laughs> of a hero. You have the, the quads of a hero. Um, but it's, it's people that are really changing the game and no, no doubt about it. You are, you're changing the game. You've you know, taken a completely different path than the traditional path. Um, the last 18 months have been incredibly impressive for you. You're on the cover of Muscle and Fitness April 2018. Yeah. Um, you uh, obviously one of the stars and the game changers. You, uh, you know, are, you're a social media influencer. You got over 400,000 followers on your, uh, on your IG. Pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, are you happy where you are right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy but never satisfied yeah like a true athlete right
1: um i think i just have big goals and ever since i started this i didn't have those goals when i first started it this was kind of something i just ended up on this path um and once i was in it i it felt right to me so i ended up pursuing it but since i've seen what's possible to accomplish um whenever I started, I, I just, now my goals are set really high. So we'll,
0: we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, of course. Before we do, um, tell me how old are you? Just turned 30. You're 30 years old. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're still a spring chicken. That's really (laughs) exciting. When I think about where I was when, when I was 30, I wasn't even a firefighter yet. I mean, I was, I was doing triathlons. It's exciting. Um, and so when people say, you know, what do you do? Are you a professional bodybuilder or how, what's your description?
1: That's a really good question. Sometimes I don't even know what to say. Um, because I, although I am a professional bodybuilder, I, I've never competed in bodybuilding for income, if that makes sense. So it's not something that you really pursue for money. Um, because there's not much money in the sport. There's more money like making businesses around what you do and, and maybe sponsorships and everything like that. So I wouldn't say I'm a professional body. I'm just like a, hobby bodybuilder uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: <laughs> uh well but so you i mean it, to me were you the first vegan to ever get on the cover of muscle and fitness
1: yes to my to my knowledge and i've I asked them Enjoy. and to their knowledge as well i the first vegan to ever be on the cover
0: and how did that come to pass
1: Funny story. Uh, I was actually competing in 2018 for the Arnold Classic, and even just to compete at the Arnold, you have to get invited. So it was like a really big accomplishment for me to even get invited because that's like the top 30 guys in in my category. So I got invited, and I was training really hard up and, up for that show because I wanted to make a big impact. And just like every time I step on stage, it's not just stepping on stage for me; it's like almost like stepping on stage for the entire vegan movement. Everybody's yeah. looking to me to use me as an example. So it adds a little bit of added pressure for me, but I take that with, you know what I mean? It, it motivates me a lot. So I was prepping for that show and muscle and fitness had reached out to me because we had done a shoot in the past and they reached out to me to do another shoot for them, but it was more for, uh, it was more for like a workout and I was going to be the model. And I had done that before. And this time around, I just straight up asked the editor. I was like, hey, is there any way I can share my story of what I'm doing? Because I feel like your listeners might be really interested in it. Like, I'm the only vegan in my league competing at the Arnold, blah, blah, blah. And told him my story, and they really loved it. And when we went to go do the photo shoot, they basically pulled me aside, and they were like, hey, we're going to do a cover try. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, well, we're going to try to get you on the cover, but we're just going to take some, some shots as if we were doing a cover shoot. And I was like, okay, cool. But I really tried to keep my expectations really low. I was like, that's not going to happen. Never going to happen. And yeah, a few months later, maybe a month later, two months later, um, a friend of mine actually sent me a text message of the cover with me on it. And I'm like, what is this? Are you joking me right now? Like you, do you Photoshop this and just yeah, send it to me? Yeah. And he's like, bro, I just got the email in my inbox and it's you on the cover. And I was just like, did you do a backflip? No, I just, I was just sitting in disbelief. And I, I remember looking at it, and I was like, there is no way this just happened. Yeah. And because I knew, like, what a personal, like, accomplishment it was for me, but like a victory for this movement and everything that I've been trying to do, because yeah. I knew that there hadn't been one before. So for me to be the first one to kind of open that door for, for other athletes, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty in the future or already have been since. But yeah, it was just like a really good moment that I'd like to just. Yeah take in huge yeah
0: so you you keep using the term vegan and how would you describe your lifestyle
1: yeah lifestyle i'm vegan i wear the badge right. you know uh, i'm not afraid to say the word vegan i'm not afraid to be labeled as a vegan because it is who i am and i really think that you know there there's been a misconception about you know around the word vegan for a while now and it kind of is getting better I feel Mm -hmm. but I think it's about rebranding the word and you know changing the way people feel whenever they hear the word vegan Mm -hmm. instead of feeling like judged they should feel excited Mm -hmm. or feel inspired or feel empowered or however they feel I think we should just kind of shift that a little bit so seeing people that are calling themselves vegan and doing things that other people are inspired by I think it's a really good way of rebranding
0: yeah so you, you, uh, I think it's important that to understand how you got to where you are today. We got to kind of explore where you came from because you, you were raised in the deep South. Yeah. Uh, by where? you, right, right around by you. Yeah. Where, where exactly? In Mississippi, Miss- South, South Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> right. So South Mississippi, um, which is not, I think, known as a hotbed for vegetarianism or vegans, right? Not quite. No. But, but so obviously your I guess your parents must've been outliers, <laughs> very much so. And and, and raised you as vegetarian, correct? Mm -hmm. And, um, um, I mean, so tell me about your, your family and and how you grew up.
1: Yeah. Um, definitely got to go back. You know, my, my parents are from Argentina and they immigrated to the United States in 1988 or something right before I was born. So they had two kids, my brother and sister, and then my mom was pregnant with me and they came here with absolutely nothing, basically under the, pretenses of being religious workers so they they are hindu and that's they found their faith and followed their guru who told them about an opportunity in the united states Hmm. so they said there was a community in this in mississippi that they would have free housing and they basically made their journey there and that's where i was raised in a farm-like community in south mississippi but purely of hindu like people that believed in hinduism we had a temple we had a cow sanctuary, like a rescue cow sanctuary. We had a garden. Like it was, looking back, it was a really beautiful place to grow up, but in a very challenging surrounding environment.
0: So in that in that <clears throat> Hindu community, was that the way everybody ate? So you didn't, you didn't feel necessarily like you, you were standing out from the crowd in, you know, southern Mississippi eating this way?
1: No, I mean, uh, I, I grew up there until I was about seven years old. So okay. I didn't really have those, like too many of those thoughts of okay. feeling different, but... <clears throat> Once I ventured out and went to public school, that 's when I realized that, whoa, well, I was raised really differently than, than other kids my age, and uh, they let me know right away how different I was. you know I you know kindergarten, first grade, second grade through even all the way up until high school. People knew that I was like kind of raised different, and it was just apparent because of my name and also whenever I ate, so like you mentioned, there aren't very many vegetarians in mississippi Uh at least at that time and i felt like i was i knew i was the only one in my school so every time i'd bring my lunch people would give me you know give me crap for for being a vegan and bringing or being a vegetarian and bringing my lunch and not eating burgers and they would always like you know hey take 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 a bite of this burger let me know if you like it
0: and i was just like no i'm good i'm good so that must have that must have shaped your kind of your resiliency and your ability to kind of do what you're doing today? Looking back, definitely helped,
1: you know, because even, you know, on a bigger scale, just being a vegan in like a regular community, you feel kind of ostracized, like outcasted, like you are different than everybody else. So I kind of have been going through that my entire life. And ironically, it was for very much of like the same reasons, you know, people not understanding my lifestyle choices, yeah. not really understanding how I was eating and why I was eating that way. So I would get asked these questions quite a bit growing up. And for the philosophical or ethical stance of why I was vegetarian, it didn't really resonate with my peers. So I just kind of stopped saying it. Yeah. And I just went this route of being like, yeah, I, I'm allergic to meat or, you know, is, it's not healthy for like, I just always kind of had an excuse that didn't end up talking about like ethics yeah. because people get very defensive. Um, and that was my way of navigating those conversations for a long, long time.
0: Yeah. Um, so you were a very vegetarian up to a certain age and then you decided to go all in. Uh, when did that happen and what kind of uh, initiated that? um, that leap to the next level? So that was when I was
1: 24, 25. Uh, so about five years ago, and I had moved to California after I, you know, graduated college and got my, my degree accepted a job out here and just got very much into health and into going to the gym more and really like putting effort into going to the gym because I was bored outside of work. There wasn't much else to do out where I lived in California. And, um, I decided maybe a day or two before I went vegan, but I decided to do a bodybuilding show and just commit to stepping on stage and getting out of my comfort zone. That was something like a personal goal of mine. But two days later, I was on Facebook and my mom, of all people, shared this video about um, the dairy industry and what goes on behind the dairy industry. And that is what prompted me to go vegan because at the at the time I was working as a mechanical engineer in, in a gas plant and I, you know, dealt with dealing er, er, like all these different operating systems and processes constantly and it was my job to refine them and make them more efficient and make sure they were safe and the risk was low and everything else but after I saw what was going on behind the dairy industry, it was very similar to what I was doing. And I just thought in my head, I was like, you know, there's probably another engineer that is doing my exact type of work, but to maximize their efficiency for these dairy farms. And it's at the expense of these living creatures that are put in these horrendous conditions. And they're just looked at as dollar bills and not living creatures. And it really made me sick that I was paying that guy's salary And I was supporting that company. So I just decided to give up dairy altogether. So cheese, whey protein, cottage cheese, I mean, yogurt, all the stuff that I was really relying on for my bodybuilding. Because those are all the high-protein foods. And I just decided, I was like, I'm going to find a way around it.
0: Well, so, okay, let's talk protein. Um, So we we know that eating plant-based, you're going to get all the protein you need as long as you're consuming enough calories, right? It's a slam dunk, no problem. But when you're trying to build muscle, um, I would imagine the, re- the requirements are a little bit different. So were you at all worried at first that you would have trouble building enough muscle eating a, you know, let's say, a vegan a vegan
1: diet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is my new set of conditions and I just have to see if it can work. I had no idea about any of the health benefits. I didn't research all the, like, the health benefits yeah. until much later. Um, it was just kind of trial and error for me. So I cut out all the dairy, all the whey protein, everything else. And then I was like, okay, well, I can replace the whey protein with a plant-based protein shake. And then if I stop eating all of this, uh, the, the, like, you know, these Greek yogurts and stuff, maybe I can replace them with more beans and lentils and whole foods and maybe even some mock meats. At that time, there was a few brands that were still, you know, fully vegan uh, or were vegan even back then. And I just kind of, like, made it work um but i was still following this really high number of protein because this is the information that i was fed and when i was researching about like you know on bodybuilding.com or these different fitness magazines even in the gym everybody was telling me the same thing like hey you got to get 1 to 2 grams of protein per pound of body weight so at the time i was like 150 so i'm shooting for 300 grams of protein but on a vegan diet getting 300 grams of protein is it's you know it's pretty hard unless you're like eating all this you know, maybe processed food or, or supplementing with protein yeah. shakes. So it was really a struggle for me. So I was like, maybe the, like I can just eat as much as I can, which is like a lot lower than 300 grams and see if it can work. And what I found is that it was actually really easy to get like eat between 150 to 200 grams of protein per day. Like it wasn't that hard for me. And um, over time, that number has slowly come down for me as well. So as I continue to train, I realize that I can do without so much protein so now i get like 150 grams
0: 150 yeah so okay so you're not having to do like two grams per per pound no not at all you're
1: you're more around 0.8 0.8 0.85 somewhere around there right
0: right uh okay and so are you able to do that eating all whole food plant-based or do you have to supplement with any kind of shakes or stuff like that
1: i do i do two shakes um but it's purely for my convenience. It's not necessarily because I need... Yeah. Seem, it's my only way of getting protein. I just like waking up and having a smoothie or having a smoothie after my workout. Those are the two times I, I have protein yep. shakes. But the rest of my food... So that's probably 50 grams from from supplements. The, uh, the other 100 grams or more all comes from Whole Foods. So... You know, you're talking about lentils, legumes, beans, tofu, tempeh, you know, occasionally a veggie burger or things like that. But nowadays, I'm pretty much predominantly whole food plant-based and no oil as well.
0: Right, right. You've even gone no oil. Yeah,
1: I've been no oil for a few years now.
0: Right. And I suppose that probably helps you really to, like, be lean and mean consistently. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean,
1: most guys struggle to get their fats low whenever they do bodybuilding contests. Um, But for me, it's... Sometimes I have to add in fats to my diet because I'm not getting any.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you, do you uh, log everything you're eating into like a chronometer or something like that so you know exactly what you're getting?
1: Only when I prep for shows. Only when I prep for bodybuilding shows or do like a really big photo shoot or something like that because yeah. I'm a numbers guy. I go by data, so I'm very data-driven. I know what works for me if I do this macro ratio and these amount of calories and my weight will drop by half a pound per week. I'm five weeks out. That'll put me right where I need to be for the photo shoot. I
0: just kind of reverse right, it,
1: right. reverse it all out.
0: So, so just to like go a little deeper into that. So if you want to get to your ideal, let's just say, weight, look, feel and all that, you start five weeks out.
1: Uh, depends. It depends okay. where you start, right? Cause it could have been a great winter and uh, <laughs> you may have gone, gone really hard on Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner and all right. those family functions. Right. So maybe you, you gained a little bit more body fat than you normally start at, yep. so you'd have to look at it a little bit longer. So maybe I'll do eight weeks right. or something. So
0: well, like, so give me an example. So uh, how much do you weigh right now?
1: Right now about uh, maybe 175, so, 175 to 180.
0: Okay, so 175 to 180, and then what do you like to be at when you're doing a photo shoot or competing? Um,
1: so there was a point I'm I'm a lot smaller than what I was when I was competing because my training style and eating, um, regimen has changed a lot. But whenever I was competing, I was stepping on stage at about my weight right now. So about 175 to 180. Uh, so I was almost 10 pounds heavier on like just before prepping for a show. But like on stage, I was a good five or six pounds heavier than what I am right now.
0: Uh, so about, yeah, 175 to 180. Wow. Yeah, so it's not a matter of necessarily uh, going down in weight. It's a matter of kind of going up a little bit. Well,
1: or? at that time before, when I, I was probably like one eighty-five, one ninety, walking around. But then when I prep down, I would lose about ten pounds. Okay, and and be ready for stage. So All right. well, yeah. It's, so it's definitely you lose weight. You know, if you're prepping for a show that's two two months away, and you're a hundred and eighty pounds, by the time you step on stage, you may be one sixty-five, one seventy, 170, one seventy-five. So like. Right, ten pounds less.
0: Right, so what? Um, so if if, I've, if I'm a traditional bodybuilder, uh, what am I relying on to get to where I want to be that that you aren't even thinking about because you're doing the vegan thing?
1: Yeah, protein number one. Most guys really up their protein whenever they put themselves in a calorie deficit and start to train for shows. So most guys will go like two grams. Per pound of body weight, starting their prep, so that means it, You know, I'm a light bodybuilder, like compared to some of these other guys. Some of these other guys step on stage at 230, you know, or 200 pounds. So that's that's a big difference when you're talking about pure muscle. And those guys get like 40 to 50 percent of their calories from meat, and so that means I got to eat and eat and eat to get that much. So you're talking egg whites for breakfast, maybe throw some whole eggs in there too, then a whey protein shake after that. Then, maybe eight ounces of chicken breast, then another eight ounces of chicken breast, then another eight ounces of sirloin, and then another eight ounces of like salmon or something like that before they go to bed so that 's like four or five different animals right there um, again,
0: right different animals <laughs> yeah that, that <laughs> not, not even not
1: even the amount of protein, but just different yeah. animals that are supporting this one yeah. being right so uh, as a vegan you don 't have that type of Um, you don't need the same type of resources. So you can just go straight to where the animals get their calories and protein and amino acids and everything and get it directly from the plants, cut out the middlemen, cut out the suffering, cut out the death. And then, you know, increase your recovery time, increase your performance, like increase your cardiovascular health. There's just too many reasons to count as to why at least being open-minded to the idea of a plant-based diet could be beneficial. Well said.
0: Um, I've noticed that you do a really nice job on social media, especially with all the comments and all the people that, you know, are the naysayers and, and all that. Um, what do you say to people that, that maybe say, there's no way that Nehemiah can be that big and not be doing steroids or something like that?
1: Yeah, this is like, again, (laughs) it's hard for people to grasp that there are people that, you know, work really hard and are really disciplined. Um, but then, you know, making that circle even smaller, there's even fewer examples of vegans that are doing that. So obviously now people are aware because the game changers just came out and they're like, their mind has been blown yeah. and they're seeing these guys that have been doing it for a while. But, you know, previously there weren't just many examples. So you see a guy that's muscular and you think, wow, that's impressive. But then to a normal person, seeing a guy that's muscular and Wait a minute, he's vegan. He doesn't eat the, all those foods I just listed. There's no way he could do this. Like it must be steroids or something like that. But the reality is that like social media has greatly lowered the bar for what people consider to be possible and what people consider to be impossible. So right. nowadays there's people that edit their photos. There's there's just so much other stuff that's going on on social media that makes you believe that everybody's on drugs because it just doesn't seem realistic. But, you know, I've been lifting for 10 years or maybe more. Uh, I always eat healthy. I train really hard in the gym. I, I analyze every single thing that I do when it comes to how I lift, how I'm spending my time in the gym. I mean, I'm a numbers guy, so... If people don't believe me, I, I stop trying to convince them, essentially. Like, if yeah. they don't believe me, I take it as a really, like, it's a compliment. They think that I, something I'm doing is impossible. But in reality, what they're just saying is that it's impossible for them because they don't believe it's <laughs> right. they could do it. Yeah. They they already yeah. limited themselves to ever being able to accomplish that. So my response is, like, you guys are, are capable of so much more than you give yourself credit So you don't have to resort to those drugs. You don't have to resort to doing things that are bad for your health in order to reach a certain level. So that's what's beautiful about like talking about being plant-based is that like you don't have to sacrifice your health in order to look good because most of these guys on stage, they look really good but their health is really
0: bad. Yeah. You lift up the hood and it's probably pretty yeah. problematic. You know, oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, there's more people that look like Ferraris on the outside, but yeah, you peek, peek under the hood and it's a, it, it's a mess. Yeah. Uh, how well do you know Misha? Uh, yeah, from pretty from, well, yeah. yeah. Did you meet him like during the Game Changers? You knew him before that.
1: So funny story. I was actually scrolling through old photos, and before I ever moved to like the LA area, I used to come down to Gold's Gym from Bakersfield just as like a weekend treat for me, just to like spark my motivation. And and I just love going to Gold's Gym because it's like every bodybuilder's dream. And in 2016, I went down there just on a weekend trip. And I had got some workout videos. And who do I see in the back? Misha. Wow. And who do, who else is with him? The Game Changers crew. And they were filming Misha. And I had no idea that that was Misha or who he was or what they were filming for. And then about a year later after I filmed, or maybe, yeah, a year and a half later after I filmed for the Game Changers and we go to this event is like the first time I meet him. Uh, and he's just like a good buddy of mine now. And he's like, yeah, great guy. I love Misha to
0: death. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, to me, uh, uh, and a lot of people, you may not have seen this, but at the one-day world premiere on September 16th, they had some bonus footage after the film. Yeah, I did right? see that. Yeah, okay. I did see that. Yeah, and it was 20 minutes, and there was a lot of James Cameron in there, and then they followed it up with some, some different... Um, kind of zeroing in on some of the different uh, athletes in the movie but they also they did misha yeah and they showed him being tested for drugs and taking a lie detector test and uh and so there's different categories right i mean is there clean a clean category and then anything goes like it's more it's
1: more like a tested federation versus a non-tested federation so if you compete in the tested federation you have to go through that protocol every single time you compete to make sure that people aren't using drugs um, in the, in the, in the federation that I compete in, it's not the case. And the, the reasoning for that in my mind was when I first started off, I was on, I was doing natural shows and yeah. I, I won and I did great, but I saw the response that people were telling me is like, yeah, you look great for, for a natural guy, but you could never compete against these guys in, oh, wow. in this organization. And I was like, I think I can, like, I really think I can. And the very first show that I did in so the that non-
0: caused you to up, up your game. didn't It, it?
1: did. Well, yeah. the other thing is that there's a lot more, uh, publicity in in the league that I compete in because Arnold was in it. You know, it's the Mr. Olympia contest. There's a lot of good publicity around it. And I was like, man, if I'm going to reach the most people, I should probably compete in the league that gets the most publicity. So I did my first show and
0: I, I won the whole thing. I won the overall. And I was like, all right, now I can do it. So this is again, let me just repeat you won the whole thing and this is a league where anything goes. Yeah. Even guys that are that are doing roids. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So
1: that was and and that's what that's what like one of the proudest moments that I've that I've had in bodybuilding was stepping on stage, winning that overall, knowing that there was 80 guys behind me that they could or could not be right. doing, you know, exogenous hormones. And they're also eating meat. I was the only vegan, you know, probably one of the few natural guys up there, and I had won. And <laughs> that proved everything that needed to be proved proven to me, that it's possible. Yeah. And after I won that first one, I was like, now there's no question in my mind that I could get to the next level, which would be the professional level. And four shows later, I ended up getting my professional uh,
0: status. That's That's pretty exciting stuff yeah. right there. The single most important pet health decision we can make each day is what to feed our furry friends. While science backs that a plant-based diet is better for the planet and has significant health advantages, what you feed your pet should be a decision you take seriously and give considerable consideration. I also encourage you to think beyond the bowl into the impact that your pet food has on the world around us. For these reasons, it's easy for our family to feed our dog Jade Wild Earth. It checks every one of the boxes and is in complete alignment with our family values. Try it today. Visit the episode page at plantstrongpodcast.com to claim up to 50% off your order. One of the, the, the scenes in the Game Changers that I, I love is when you're talking about how, you know, uh, all these guys backstage, you know, they're, I don't, I don't know where their minds are, but you, you know, you're eating a banana, you're doing what you want, and they're kind of marveling, marveling at you going, oh, my God, how is this guy able to do it? Um, I mean, that must, how, how much of bodybuilding and competition is, is the mental game? And do you think by doing what you're doing, it's given you an actual mental edge on these guys? I mean, do they know what you like, what you're doing and that you are
1: vegan? Yeah, for sure. They know Um, a lot of the kind of the chatter behind stage is is pretty mutually respective right like a lot just to you know to be a professional athlete and get to a certain point there's a certain level of respect that everybody gives because you know, no matter what if you like the guy or not you know he's a hard worker he's dedicated he's really driven so you can respect that the difference is whenever you see somebody doing it different. so most of the guys backstage they really are curious mm-hmm. of how i'm doing it or what i'm eating because Again, they they follow me online, or they hear about me, or they see oh, was this vegan guy. What is he doing? And they see the food that I'm eating up until my show, and it's totally different than what they're eating. And my my uh, prep time is significantly less too. Some guys train twelve to sixteen weeks out before a show. Um, some guys shorter, but normally my prep time is six weeks, wow. which is like really fast. And they're just curious, you know. It, it's it's a good thing because.
0: So how many, it, um, it, yeah,
1: go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it just opens their mind. Yeah. It just opens their mind. And most of the time, these guys ask me questions, and I answer it, like, always.
0: And, you know, there's a shift there, which is good. Yeah. And so uh, do you know of any of these guys that have been curious and asked you questions that have actually, like, come over to the... The, the, the green the, side? The, the, the plant-strong <laughs> side? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a
1: ton. Really? A ton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some guys that are big, too, like six, I can think of one guy in particular, six, five, two-thirty and he didn't think it was possible. He's a bodybuilder competitor, and he went vegan. So, I mean, it's, and what's crazy, what's even crazier, and this is the part that I love, is that I I always lead with health and performance and, you know, kind of leading with the ego because the ego speaks to everybody, and everybody wants to look good. Everybody wants to be sexy. Everybody wants to be confident. They want to feel good. And talking about this lifestyle from that angle really makes people's Mm. ears perk up. If you come at it with another angle and you're like, hey, what you're doing is terrible for the environment, it's terrible for animal welfare, it's you're killing yourself, people are going to be like, I don't I don't even want to hear this stuff, like, get away from me, right? Yeah. Um, but what's crazy is that that mindset shifts just from talking about it from a health perspective. So these guys that are going vegan and trying it for like three, four months, all of a sudden I see them posting on social media some like stuff about like animal rights and, you know, and being eco-friendly and like there's a shift there and i'm like wow like he wasn't talking about those things or he didn't even care about those things when he first started but now yeah he can see that since he doesn't need those maybe it is kind of wrong or maybe he,
0: there is some changes that could be made yeah well maybe it was misha that said it in the film but sometimes especially i think men they need somebody to kind of show them what's possible and to lead and uh and 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 then they're able to kinda um embrace something that they think is impossible. Yeah. Right? I mean so I mean uh kudos to you, Misha. You know, back in back in the day Bill Pearl. Yeah, Bill Pearl rice. of course. Yeah. Uh
1: and even like Arnold recognizes <clears throat> Bill Pearl as a good friend and yeah. you know, he considered him one of the best bodybuilders in the world and even Arnold knew back then that he was purely vegetarian.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think there was some stuff in the um, in the um, extra twenty minute footage. That's right. With, with, That's right. With Arnold and Bill Pearl and, and yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, what's some of the craziest bro science stuff that you've heard in the gym that guys are doing these days? Yeah, yeah. There's there's the none. gym, the gym
1: rhetoric is always. It's always fun to listen to um, because normally, I mean, there is a bit of like I understand why this happens because normally. There's a really big guy in the gym who who knows how he got there or how long he's been working out or what he did to get to that point. But normally it's just from personal experience and these younger guys walk up to the bigger guy and be like, hey, what do you do? Like, how do you train? What do you eat? And this big guy will give his personal experience, which may or may not be healthy. And again, I call it like gym, you know, bro science or like gym rhetoric, bro, like, the bro Bible, you know what I mean like the bro gospel essentially yeah. like this, just the same message keeps getting passed down generation after generation, and guys tend to just take it as how it is so protein's one of the biggest one um, even nowadays still trainers will tell their clients that you cannot be a vegan bodybuilder and there is no way that you can get enough protein and there is definitely um, you will definitely develop some type of deficiencies i know this because people send me messages of screenshots from their trainer after they want to go vegan or watch the game changers and they're like hey i talked to my trainer about it but he told me it's impossible and he's certified and yeah and i mean maybe certified in training not in nutrition but they believe him and that's where i get like a little bit upset because like people are talking about a subject that they don't necessarily know about in enough depth to speak on it and make that call but here there are many other people who do know about it in depth and can clearly you know break it down how it is possible and show you that it's possible and yeah that's
0: where i get a little bit aggravated with bro science well totally and i think that so many of these um these these guys in particular maybe women as well it seems like they'd be willing to do anything that can get them big and strong and, um, you know, if somebody said, Hey, you want to drink two liters of horse piss like every day, they'd probably be, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. Kind of ridiculous.
1: But on the, on the same note, yeah, they think they won't look at their diet. <laughs> really? They're willing to do all this, but cut out meat and dairy. Poof, that's, that's extreme. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of uh, a little bit ass backwards. You were a mechanical engineer. You hated it, right? You felt, felt like a slow death. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was it was uh it was voluntary jail. I would go to the same cell every day, <laughs> yeah. lock the door behind me and then think of why I couldn't be outside living my life. Like it was miserable. It was soul suicide.
0: So your outlet, if I'm not mistaken, your outlet was going to the gym, yeah. bodybuilding, right? It's where you felt free and like it allowed you to soar. Yeah. And so it, 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 at what point were you like, all right, I'm I can't do this any longer and I am going to take this leap of faith
1: yeah that was it was tough it's it's tough when you try to leave and they keep throwing money at you <laughs> <laughs>
0: right yeah
1: i mean the i like i'm almost ashamed to say it now but like working in the oil and gas industry is one of the highest paid paying industries and that's one of the reasons why i went into it you know even though i, I considered myself an environmentalist and cared about the planet and everything but growing up poor you you know and when money's always an issue like yeah stability is something that's very like highly sought after and that's what i wanted i wanted something stable something that would give me a, a good paycheck every month and you know utilize my engineering skills and that's why i went into it but i never went into it from the place of this is what i want to do like i feel enjoyment and fulfillment from walking into work and doing these projects i never felt that once and that should have been a really clear sign for me but you know i had the <laughs> you know, the blinders on, because I just, I was getting paid very handsomely. And that kept me there for a while, because I kept thinking, like, what could I, what else could I do? Like, what else could I possibly do? And I never looked at the gym as being something that could be capitalized financially, or even, especially being a vegan, like, nobody was really caring about what I had to say. And I was like, I I don't really know. And then, um, as I got more into attending veg fests, and, and giving speeches, and things like that, that's when I really noticed that people were listening and people were really valuing what I had to say and like walking up to me and telling me their personal stories about how I may have helped them or inspired their journey to go plant-based and they feel healthier. But yeah, one guy in particular really just was the, the straw that pushed me up that, you know, broke my back essentially like he made me look at myself and question what I was doing and whether or not I was spending my time purposefully or not. And he basically told me that I helped save his mom's life in a very short story And it really touched me and I thought I went back home that day or that weekend and I thought like what am I doing like I'm Spending 10 hours a day in a place that I really hate and then on the weekends I'm living my life to like my fullest and getting so much fulfillment and meeting these people and showing and seeing the difference that I'm making like why don't I just take a shot like what's gonna happen like I don't like my job anyway There's always going to be another shitty engineering position that will hire me if I don't, if this doesn't pan out. But why not take a shot at, like, really pursuing what makes me happy and really let let that drive my
0: direction? Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how many people uh, are doing, are stuck in jobs that they can't stand, right? And and they're not fulfilling their you know, their passion and their destiny. Yeah, yeah. But they think they're stuck. Yeah, And that's where I was. I thought I was stuck because
1: I didn't think that there was any way out. But, you know, yeah. I, I think if you let your heart lead you and yeah. you you give your energy 100% to what drives you and what brings you happiness, then you're going to get really good at it.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: And if you're good at something, people will pay you to do it. Yeah. Whatever it is, you can make it into some type of sustainable business. And again, money isn't, isn't the definition of success. What's in my version, it's like, what brings you happiness and joy? And you know, if you're super happy and joyous all day and doing what you love, then I would consider that a really big success, not just financially. So you may be even okay with making less money, which I, you know, had to make that choice. Like, can I be okay with making less money and like be this much happier? And I was like, it's worth it for me.
0: Very wise man at just 31 years old. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, what what kind of, so when you're in uh, these competitions, uh, what kind of high is it? is it? Is it like pretty, pretty cool? It's,
1: it's, nobody's ever asked me this question, but I think the high comes whenever, Mike, you reflect back. It's not necessarily when you're on stage, like when you're on stage, you're still focused, you know, and like I'm still like thinking all my cues like, okay, back pose, feet out, flare my lats, rotate my shoulders back, squeeze my my rhomboid, you know, like I'm thinking all those cues. So I'm very much like focused. I'm not really allowing myself to like be present and like like bask in the glory you know what i mean of being on stage it's more like execute 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 but then when i get off stage regardless of the placing i look back and i'm like wow i did it and then i'll think about like the journey it took to get there Mm. so Prepping every single day, going to the gym every day, you know, working out with my friends, um, seeing the slow progress of my hard work, and like that's where like the high really comes. It's like wow, I just feel accomplished yeah. and inspired because as soon as I'm done, I'm like, all right, let's yeah. do another one.
0: Yeah. Do you get nervous at all before competitions? Nah, mm-hmm.
1: no. Nah, I, I thought I would, but even my first one, I was never nervous. It's it's fun. You can't really see anybody. <laughs> that's the other thing that people don't realize. The, the, l- the lights are so blinding, you can see like the first. Right. Two or three rows of people. But beyond that, you don't really see anybody. Hmm. Um, tell me what you've had to eat today. Today? Uh, today's been a, a different day for me. I didn't eat. Oh, it's, hmm. I fasted um, up until I worked out. And then I came back home and had what'd you, a.
0: What'd you do for your workout? What'd you work on? What body so, part?
1: So I worked out twice today. <laughs> so I had a session in, in the morning with a friend, and we did just biceps because we were filming for his YouTube channel, and uh, just people always want to work out biceps with me. <laughs> and then uh, I went to the gym and did legs with my with my buddy. Okay. And then I came back, and the first thing I did was have a big smoothie. Yeah. So that was consisted of almond milk. Um, A banana, some frozen blueberries, one scoop of protein powder, a little bit of maca powder, and a little bit of creatine. So that was what I had for the first thing. And then I ate a little while before you got here, and I had um, some jasmine rice with uh, some lentil dal, dal lentils. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, What do you consider your strongest body part? (laughs) <laughs> uh, my brain that's awesome yeah okay how, how about outside of your head
1: okay outside of my head yeah. yeah yeah my two biceps for sure your two biceps yeah all right and i and i, I, I... call them my money makers
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> and you've named them yes right? you've named them uh, is the right one grapefruit Not or the left, left one? one left one's grapefruit yeah the right one's chickpea because <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's like a split down the middle and it kind of resembles a, a pea Right. Like a chickpea, so, yeah. That,
0: that's awesome. <laughs> and what, what would you say is your the most challenging body part that you're, uh, that you're working on?
1: Calves. Right. Calves for me. I just don't have the genetic gifts that other people do when it comes to calves, and I've been working on them. And people tell me, oh, man, people are vicious online. They're like, what about your
0: calves? I'm like, bro, listen, I'm hitting them. They're just not growing. <laughs> Isn't that funny? C- calves do seem to be an extraordinarily kind of genetically either gifted or not gifted yeah. body part.
1: You, you know what you never see? Calf transformation pictures. No. Because no. you either have them or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You never see somebody like, oh, two years ago, this is what my calves look like. Now yeah. they're like this, and they're huge. It just doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll give you half my right calf. I'll <laughs> I have to show you my right calf. I got a good right calf. Um, to soy or not to soy? To soy. Okay, to yeah. soy. Yeah. yeah. And when you, when you do soy, are you doing like whole soy, like edamame, tofu, tempeh? I, yeah.
1: I, I do those three versions of soy. Right. Um, I don't do soy powders just because I don't prefer. I prefer pea protein powder. Yeah. Um, but I do edamame, um, organic soy, and organic tempeh, and those are pretty much. Yeah. I mean, occasionally when I do like mock meats, like alternative meats, most of the time they have some soy in there, and I'll eat it there too.
0: But apart from that, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Me. Me too. I. Uh, I'm not. I'm not afraid of soy. Right. Yeah. We know well, the. Go ahead.
1: I've been eating it my whole life Right as a vegetarian. Right, right.
0: I had like the, it's called TVP, yeah.
1: which is like texturized vegetable protein. Yep. I was eating that since I was a kid because my parents would buy it in bulk from the Indian stores yeah. and they would come home and soak it and they'd make these little granules yeah. and then they would flavor it. And I was like, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was so. So too- I've, I've been eating it my whole life and people are always, yeah, it's it's going to be a hard one to convince people to,
0: it's, it's okay to eat soy, uh, but- yeah, I think that yeah. the game ch- changers does a pretty good job of explaining how the phytoestrogens in, you know, in soy actually can block those um, those estrogen receptors that we have yeah. and kind of regulate. Uh, the amount of estrogen it's a good thing and
1: it's funny because like guys are so afraid of soy like especially the fitness guys and then they're still drinking cow's milk <laughs> right or, or they're drinking beer and they don't realize all the phytoestrogen that's in like beer and, and all these other things but soy just gets the bad rap but you and I no. understand why I know. You know.
0: I know the lactating dairy cow it's estrogen levels go up 30 fold not 30 30%, percent 30 fold It's 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 crazy yeah it's like, you know, come on, let's get a clue.
1: And you think about the hormones it takes to grow a baby cow versus the amount of hormones it takes to grow a baby human. Yeah. There's a couple hundred pound difference there of muscle mass. So obviously you know which one's going to have dietary hormone. Right. You know, yeah. but I mean, people are just quick to <clears throat> believe what they've been told.
0: <laughs> so do you, do you have a, uh, a hero or somebody that you look up to? You know, my, my mom and dad for sure.
1: Like, hands down, they're my superheroes. They're my rocks. They're the whole reason I'm here and the whole reason I am the way I am is because of them. I owe my life to them. Um, But they're two of the hardest working people that I've ever met in my life and two of the most selfless people that I've ever met in my life. And that's something that I always try to remember Mm. to be a servant. Like, give, like, be of service to people because not everybody has that. So the more you give, it, it, like it's better than receiving, you know, it's much better because people need it. People need that. And especially when it comes to this type of information, because it it really can Mm. save your life. And I feel like all, all everybody that promotes a plant-based diet is a light worker in a sense, because they are providing like a really good service to people. Um, Their method, it, it differs from person to person. But for me, it's just how can I help people live longer, healthier and happier lives? And I really believe that it's through, looking at what we're eating and thinking about how we move and how we spend our day you know not just in the the gym but outside of the gym and how we're getting rest and how you know how fulfilled are you are you feel do you feel like you're in alignment with your purpose or are you maybe misaligned and doing something that you don't like because mm-hmm. that has an effect on your health too so just kind of this full holistic holistic approach to being healthy
0: yeah beautiful beautiful um, <clears throat> speaking of being I think you said light, light workers. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what does your name mean? <laughs> well,
1: one of the translations to my name means inner light, yeah. the light from within. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, where are your parents living today?
1: Uh, they are still in the south. They're still in the south. They bounce back and forth uh, between Louisiana and Mississippi. They have two properties, and uh, they're trying to go back to you know our roots where I where I grew up and go back to the farm and just spend the rest of their days there and
0: yeah are, are they now vegan as well
1: I, I can't say for sure because I'm not down there yeah but since the last time I visited they both told me that they were going to go fully vegan. My mom has always been trying. She just needs assistance. Like sometimes she forgets that, you know, butter isn't (laughs) vegan. And I'm like, no, mommy, you can't do that. Like no butter for me, no butter for you either. And the last time I was down there, my, my dad actually shared with some news with me that he was on the verge of becoming type two diabetic because of his blood panels were just way off. And I was like, what are you eating? And turns out he was eating at the temple every day. And the, The food of the temple loves to have saturated fats from ghee, which is like almost pure saturated fat. So I just told him, you know, be careful of how many fats you're eating, just shift your diet. And his levels went dramatically down. He does like a little test like every day after he eats and he sends me his, his levels. So it's like, (whistles) just like getting healthier.
0: Yeah. Uh, they must be so incredibly proud of, uh, of what you're doing and where you've landed and. All the light that you're spreading. I yeah, yeah. They tell me all the time. You know, it's <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't, I don't know if they know everything that I'm doing because I just kind of like you know talk to them and, and like I don't try to overwhelm them because I feel overwhelmed sometimes with like I'm doing this and this and this. But like things like the game changers.
0: Um, Have they seen the movie? Yeah, yeah, no. oh yeah. No. I,
1: I, I let them see it before it ever came out because yeah. James had sent me a copy, so I was like, you got to watch it. And we all sat down together and watched it, but. Yeah, they're they're really proud. Even my niece, she sent me a video like a rea- like my aunt recorded my niece watching me for the first time in Game Changers, yeah. and she was like, "Whoa, that's Uncle Nimai!" And then she was like, "Look how strong he is!" And she's like, telling my aunt, she's like, "Did you know that he only eats plants?" And then she's also telling my aunt, she's like, "And then he's traveling the world, telling people to eat plants to become healthier." And I'm just like, oh, it melted my heart because I remember being a kid at that age and not really having somebody to, to look up to and be like, Hey, that guy's eating like me or like, look where he is, you know, like some type of like role model, you know? So it really makes me happy that like kids are seeing it too. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, fantastic stuff. Um, well, I'm going to wrap it up there. Yeah. Um, but I, I appreciate you letting me come by your place. Of course. You're in Marina. Yeah. Right. Marina outside of LA. <laughs> And, um, just want you to know how great it is, um, to have met you since Sundance in 2018 and, uh, how much, how much joy it gives me, uh, to know that we have, you know, young people like you that are spreading this message and reaching a lot of people that wouldn't otherwise, uh, be receptive to this message. So thank you, Nimai, for having the heart of a hero going against the grain and doing all this fantastic work. Thank you so much, Rip. Pins the world engine two, keep it plant strong. Always. Thanks. Nimai, for everything you're doing to inspire people to live, move and eat with purpose and compassion. You have the biceps of a bodybuilder and the huge heart of a hero. Most importantly, you are the bearer of truth in a sport that is full of misinformation keep spreading the light my plant strong brother to learn more about Nemai's fitness and nutrition coaching visit veganfitness.com or our show notes at plantstrongpodcast.com thank you for listening and subscribing to our show I want you to know that we read each and every one of your reviews and we appreciate each and every one if you want to learn more about this season or today's guests and sponsors, please visit plantstrongpodcast.com. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Lori Cordewich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, Wade Clark, and Carrie Barrett. I want to thank my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Ann Krile Esselstyn for creating a legacy that will be carried on for generations and being willing to go against the current and trudge upstream to the causation. We are all better for it.